0: All right, let's see what we got on the Twitter line today. So, let's see. Hmm, fake news, fake news, fake news, illogical wrestling argument. That doesn't even make sense. I don't even know if that's English. What is going on on the Twitter line today? Um, Hmm, that's not true. I can confirm that. Oh, Wrestling Podcast Awards by The Wrestle Hub. December 6th on YouTube. Third year in a row. Last pass winners were Ram with Dan. I, I know those guys. You know what? I am King Ricky Rose. I am the general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio, so I got to get my shows on here. I got to get Kings of the Rings podcast, Game Changer podcast, The Young Lions Perspective, and of course, The Light Show with Mance Chapel. All of Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast, needs to be a part of the Wrestling Podcast Awards. The only question is, where will you be when the show opens up December 6th?
1: talk faithful your boy george mckay back in studio again today pre-recorded and man do i got a special one this is my first returning guest to straight talk wrestling i'm a huge fan of this man and i'm so happy to welcome him back please welcome el diablo gabriel fuerza how are you man hey man i'm
2: good i didn't realize that was
1: your second guest was, uh, your first two-time guest you are you are my you that's have you cool. have reached <laughs> a benchmark man that's huge yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, and so we're uh, we're actually recording this in the um end of March, tail end of March, and uh we are in the midst of this COVID-19 virus. So actually we were talking just before we went on on air or recording, and I asked you like how things are going for you during this COVID-19. You want to let the fans know how you're doing? Uh yeah. Uh
2: I'm I'm doing okay,
1: honestly. Uh nobody I know is sick so
2: far. Um All my family is living together now, so we're at least getting some family time in. Uh, Work is still coming in, but slowly. So uh, I think I'm doing okay. Um, I know some people are more on the mindset of staying home, period. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, some of us got to make some money, especially, I mean, when this is all said and done, the economy, who knows how it's going to be doing, so better make some money while you can.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, let's let's not talk about all this bad stuff. Let's focus on some good stuff. Let's focus on sure. the three months in 2019 that you had. I had the pleasure of seeing you make your Destiny Wrestling debut. Uh, you hooked up with Kevin Blackwood. You guys kind of started a little bit of a faction. I'm not really sure the name of the faction. There was a couple things thrown around, but it wasn't really anything like Ironed Out. But uh, those matches were incredible. I saw them the, you got a Fatal 4-Way with, uh, it was actually, I recorded a really cool video of you uh, powerbombing Lionel Knight in slow motion, and man, was that oh, yeah, video. <laughs> devastating, that was devastating, man, so talk to me about, I mean, you've been a fixture in Crossbody for a very long time, we'll get into the event that actually got postponed, that was supposed to happen, and you were supposed to take on uh, Holden Albright, the champ, for the title in a two mm-hmm. out of three falls match, and I was looking mm-hmm. forward to that, because in indie wrestling, it's very hard to get a storyline Fully built all the way. And this one was such a great slow burner. Hats off mm-hmm. to you know, you and Holden and Ben and everyone in the crossbody team for working this slow build. So let's that's actually my first question. Let's talk about that before we get into Destiny. How was it developing that slow burner storyline where you were pretty much going to go after Holden's title while still being one of his close you know, friends in the crossbody uh-huh. world?
2: Um, well, you know what? I I don't I can't speak for Ben and Holden, but for me it was kind of a surprise because, uh, I mean, Ben had originally booked uh, Vertigo and I as a tag team kind of on and off for buddy, and uh, the only reason I ever kind of reached out to him for single stuff was because Vertigo had gone to the U.K. It was the first time he'd gone to the U.K., and I was kind of low on bookings. So I messaged Ben, and he, he got me a spot uh, against Kobe, and this is probably 2018, maybe. Um, it was just like a one off match. And I mean, he said it was one of his favorite matches that he had seen across party. So I think that kind of put me in his mind on someone that he wanted to use in the future. So yeah, he finally gave me a shot. Um, just kind of, you know, just happy to be there, getting some more matches in. Um, and at the same time, Holden and I had kind of started to become friends. And, uh, people were kind of noticing outside of wrestling and inside of wrestling. So I think Ben just thought it would make the most sense to, cause you know, he has his top guy Holden and he has someone like me who's kind of like coming up in the ranks and uh, we have a friendship. So why not use that? And uh, you know, they kind of, it kind of peels the curtain back a little and it makes people think that, you know, the storyline's even more kind of in depth. They, they know more about it than they're supposed to. So it's kind of like, uh, Almost like they're taking a bite of the forbidden fruit a little bit. So I think that's why people kind of latch onto it. And then once people latch onto it, then you, you know you have no choice but they're going to kind of go all the way with it. And uh, both Holden and I are pretty loyal to Crossbody, um, so it just kind of worked out that we we uh, we were there for most of the year. I think Ben had originally booked me for three or four dates, and the rest I couldn't do, and you know shows either moved or got canceled or you know. Uh, crossbody shows took priority over them so i just kind of ended up working out and i mean i'm, I'm pretty much just a passenger i'm just, just kind of show up and they tell me what to do um because uh, i mean I'll, I'll definitely throw some creative input here and there but uh i know holden was the one who wanted to do the match ben was the one who wanted to really build it the way it has been so i don't know i mean i've just been kind of sitting there and it's been working out real
1: good for sure. It's one of my favorite storylines, uh, tail end of last year going into this year. Every time I went to a crossbody show, Holden would be the last match, of course, because he's a champ, main event, and he would win. And he would win in, you know, sometimes a nail-biting fashion, sometimes a crazy wrist fashion, but he would always pull it out. And then right at the end, you and Alexi Nicole would walk out, the three of you would do your stance, and then fans started picking up on how you were looking at the title. You are focusing on the uh-huh. title. You were doing all these little things that don't seem like a lot, but in hindsight, they really tell a story without telling a story. You know, no promos, Mm -hmm. no nothing, just a quick glance, a quick grin, a smile. And I got to say, I love, I mean, you're such a, a fantastic human being, but in the ring, you really know how to engage the crowd in a negative way because your character is predominantly heel. But you really come out and you set the bar So, hi, I've watched you now for a year and a half from when we did our last interview, progressing into now, which is just around a year that we've known each other and we've developed a friendship as well. And I got to say, your wrestling ability has tripled, quadrupled in that time. You're so engaging in the ring and the stories that you tell are fantastic. And that's what a lot of people don't get about wrestling. Yes, it's two guys in a ring wrestling around in either their underwear or Spanx or spandex, if you will, fighting for a belt. But there's so much more to that, and that's what the uh-huh. negative the negative people say. But the storylines that you told in all your matches were incredible. One of my favorite matches with you was the one with you and Justin saying that triple threat when you actually won the uh, internet title. That was hands down one of my favorite matches that you put on. And thank you. It was. It was from, get to, uh, from uh, you know, bell to bell, it was an absolute stunner. It was speed. It was quick. It was lightning. And you came up with the decision at the end, again, in a little bit of uh, El Diablo fashion, if you will. But you pulled out the win. You donned the title. And it was such a great short-lived run, but it was such a great... And the reason why I think it was short-lived was because we knew this slow build was happening. And then you got in the Autobahn tournament, and you were doing things. You were winning matches. You were gaining the points. And then you won the whole thing. And then it's like, okay, guess what? Now I got to go at this title. So knowing that this two out of three falls match is postponed because we know it will happen. Uh-huh. Are you looking forward to that match and leaving everything on the line with one of your closest friends fighting for that crossbody title?
2: Of course. Of course. Who wouldn't be, honestly? Like, there, there's it's so hard to build genuine friendships in wrestling. Like, completely, like, just un... Like... It's easy to be friends with people in wrestling. That that That's true. Because everybody likes wrestling, and, and you have that common bond. But it's difficult to find people who you click with outside of wrestling as well. You know what I mean? Like, someone like Vertigo, we started off kind of the only thing that we both liked about one another was that we liked wrestling. And then as we got to know each other, we realized, oh, we like similar kind of music. We have a similar... Uh, taste in TV shows, similar taste in this, similar taste in that. Like, we just understood each other, and the same thing happened with Holden, where <laughs> it's actually funny because um, I did a podcast with him as well, and he asked me what was my first impression of him, and I couldn't stand him the first time I met him. Like, <laughs> I thought he was, I thought he was like too loud, and I thought he, uh, like, yeah, I mean, we were both green. But he was just a little bit greener than me, so I thought, oh, he's telling me what to do, and I don't like that, you know? And it was just like these petty little, like, first impression kind of kind of things, you know? And then when, once you finally actually get to know someone, and uh, maybe you have, like, a one of those deep talks, you realize, oh, this person isn't that bad. This person's actually pretty cool. They kind of understand me. And then, you know, before you know it, you're, you're actual friends not just in wrestling, your actual friends who text and talk and hang out at wrestling and, uh, you know, trade friggin' actual figures and whatever. So, like, why wouldn't you want to go and perform the arts that, you know, you most uh, identify with, with somebody who you also kind of share so many experiences with? Like, it makes the match so much easier. And, I mean, makes it easier to hit them, harder.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say that. Do you find yourself, when you're you're facing an opponent that you've never really connected with, you've never really had a personal conversation outside of the ring, you just go in and it's kind of business as usual. But when you're facing your friend, you amp it Mm -hmm. up even more, and so do they. Because you want to put on the best show, but you also want to get the best of one another.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, there's this added level of trust that uh, you know they're not going to hurt you. But you know they're gonna lay it in, and that's okay, you know. And same thing, you know, you know that you're not gonna hurt them, but you're gonna lay it in, and you're gonna take maybe maybe rougher bumps than you normally would, and you know, you're gonna try to make them look extra better than any random opponent. You know, you 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 try to make all your opponents look good, but when you're wrestling your friends, you're trying to make them look amazing because they're your friends, and you want them to look good. So you're taking, you know, gnarly bumps, or uh, you're having them kick out of big moves, and you're thinking of bigger moves. And uh, just the creativity kind of snowballs from there.
1: The passion is very uh, electric, if you will, and it's very contagious. Uh, is mm-hmm. that is that wrong to use that word in this time period? It's contagious, but in a good way. <laughs> it's not. Co- it's contagious in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, talk to me about um, talk to me about Von Bertigo. Uh, fight or flight. Sure. Uh, I love the rivalry there. I love the back and forth that you guys had. You actually were the one that turned me on to him because when I did the interview with you, I really didn't know how to connect with him. And then after we Uh got off the air, you kind of mentioned, you know, hey, just shoot him a message. And I did, and we set that interview up. And uh, I started doing my research because I'd only seen a couple matches of both of yours. So I started Uh doing my research on him and the experience that he's had and the skill level. How quick you two rose up in the indie ranks is nothing short of complete hard work ethic and actually doing everything right from the way you are with fans to the way you are with promoters. Right. And I think that's what led you to one of my favorite promotions in Ontario Indie Wrestling, not if, if not all. In my, in my personal opinion, hands down, one of the best, just with the talent that they bring in. Much like Crossbody, it's kind of a one-two. Crossbody's won one week, then I find Destiny won the next week. So talk to me about that, your Destiny debut. And I want to get into specifically the face paint, because that was something a little different. That was something I, I myself hadn't experienced with your character yet. So in the Destiny uh-huh. debut, why why did you have the face paint? Was there something special about that Were you just trying to introduce a new layer of the character? Talk me through your Destiny debut and the face paint.
2: Um, okay, so the face paint, uh, the first time that I used that was actually in Barry Wrestling. Um, Barry Wrestling, I would say, is like my home away from home, I suppose. Uh, squared Circles where I trained, uh, but... Squared Circles shut down So Technically the man Lucha would be the equivalent, But that'll wrestle there Too too much Um Barry Wrestling is probably The first company That really let me like Off the reins And just Do whatever you want Figure it out We trust you, you We'll know, let you grow So That was the first company That I decided to try The makeup Um Originally it was just Something that I would do On the actual Day of the Dead Uh Which is November 1st And 2nd Or at least there's The show closest to that Um and then it started becoming a thing that I would do for big matches um, so if I don't know if, if if I was facing the champ or if it was the end of a rivalry or something like that um, <clears throat> I guess like kind of a kind of a Finn Balor thing but I didn't rip it off Finn Balor it just so happened that we started doing it at the same time although I can see the relations and if people want to say I rip it off that's fine um, but yeah originally it was just kind of big matches big important matches Um, And that was something I would only do at Barry because at the time, my girlfriend would come and uh, do the face paint for me. Um, So some promoters would reach out and be like, hey, uh, either when are you going to do the face paint for me or uh, we want you to do the face paint. Um, But the problem is my girlfriend wasn't particularly a wrestling fan. Barry was the only place that I could get her to come because she felt comfortable and she at least knew the people there, so it wasn't kind of a, a chore. So, I would typically turn down most most companies to do it um, but George was the only one that uh said, oh, I mean I'll hire a makeup artist for you so at that point you can't really say no <laughs> so uh yeah it, essentially it's just it's just an added layer it's kind of like a like a war paint kind of thing um, I find that when I wear the makeup, I'm a little less talkative, a little more action I guess um. And yeah, George said the direction that he wanted to go in. Um, he already knew that I wrestled okay, so he just wanted something to kind of uh differentiate me I guess from the rest of the roster and Since I'd already been doing that, that was the best way to you know add that extra little bit of layer and I mean it's smart on his part because that way i mean i really I'm really only going to be consistently doing the face paint at Des. so if you want to see the face paint, you kind of have to go see it at Des. Might do it at a crossbody here and there. Might do it at Barry here and there, you know, but Destiny's pretty much guaranteed.
1: Nice. And I got to say, one of the coolest things about seeing you at Destiny was that I didn't even know you were on the card that night. I had no idea. And then my daughter and I, who's a huge fan of yours as well, you've met her a few times, called a mini host. Uh-huh. She's the future of this podcast if she ever decides <laughs> to take it over. But uh, when your music hit, she looked at me like a fangirl of a boy band. <laughs> she had this <laughs> biggest smile. She's like, Dad, Dad, is thats that... Is that is that El Diablo? I'm like, I'm pretty sure that, and then the, the first guitar note hit, and I'm like, yep, that's, that's Fuerza. and you came out, and I don't know if you heard us, but we were the only two, because nobody at Destiny, a, a few people knew you, because a lot of fans at Destiny, and, and Crossbody share the same fans, but it was only really my daughter and me, and a couple that are select fans, that knew who you were, And I looked Uh over at one of my buddies who I brought with me, and I said, man, you're in for a treat tonight. He goes, who's this guy? I go, this guy's the future. And I hands down said that, hand to God. And I believe that. I believe you are the future of Ontario indie Wrestling. You're one of the strongest guys in the game to date. And you're getting better every single day. From the promos, to the way you carry yourself in the ring, to the confidence, the swagger, you have it all. And that match, you lit it up. And when you won, I knew it was going to be something special. But what was even more exciting, when you came out, and again... Screwed over Vaughn, again, and you hooked up with Kevin Blackwood, who I'm also a huge fan of. And that just makes so much sense. Because that, I already see a storyline building there, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Because as we all know, if you pay attention to El Diablo and what he does in the ring, El Diablo has friends. But friends, that get El Diablo where El Diablo needs to go. And where that <coughs> needs to go is you to eventually be donning that next-gen strap. And I see that in the future, but it's probably going to be another slow build. And I'm excited for you. So looking at the Destiny roster now and all the components that they have, a lot of them, some of them very similar to what Crossbody offers. Is there anybody at Destiny you got your eye on right now that when the world gets back to normal, you want to say, okay, this is this is the next guy in line. This is who I want to take on next. Um, uh, I mean,
2: the easy answer is Josh. Uh, I can always wrestle Josh. Um, uh, but uh, in terms of regulars, I mean, I don't know if he's a regular, but Trey Miguel wrestles there sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'd love to wrestle him. Um, I don't know. I feel like the team roster is pretty all over the place, so I don't, I don't even know. Um, I mean, Kevin, I've wrestled once already. Daniel Garcia. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have, like, 20, 30 minutes with Daniel Garcia. Oh, um,
1: Ironman match? Sign me up. Take my money. I would love to see that, man. <laughs> I would love to see yeah.
2: that. Yeah, yeah. We we just had a match at Crossbody some months ago and I mean the match was fine. Like I loved it, but uh we, we had about maybe ten more minutes of things that we wanted to do. So, you know, when when we got the uh go home signal, we had to go home. So we had to cut out some cool spots. So it'd be nice to have like a thirty minute match with him and not even worry about the time and just you know, have fun.
1: Um What about you yeah. and Black Lavender? Would you ever consider taking on Black Lavender 101? I mean, you probably already oh, have, course. but I haven't seen it. So I would yeah.
2: love to see yeah. it. Yeah, no, uh, why well, not easy. Like, he's the kind of person I could wrestle and just, like, we don't have to talk about a thing. Like, it's just, okay, let's go and figure it out and have fun. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, the whole, the whole last little exchange between him and I after, like, uh, and, uh, Decker
1: left was actually on the fly, so, <laughs> like... It's fun. Wrestling Lionel is fun. Oh, absolutely, man. And, and uh, I don't know if you've taken on Decker full out yet, but I would love to see that too. I would love yeah. to see you and Decker go full out. But now, mind you, Decker has so many layers to him, but you know he loves to use the environment, he loves to use weapons. I'm not sure if you're nay or, yay or nay towards a street fight aspect or a hardcore match. Have you ever done something like that, or would you consider if you have not?
2: Um, yeah i've done a few um i just did a what do you call it a tlc a few a few months ago that was fun um i've done a few street fights it was vaughn actually um
1: yeah because you turned your back on him so many times yeah well i i, I think i think in this particular instance, he turned his back on me oh wow we got so, we got a reverse okay, okay. yeah
2: yeah uh um but yeah i've done a few i'm they're okay i'm not a huge fan no um but uh no not really like it's just not my cup of tea but uh i I like watching it (laughs) so
1: who doesn't you know what the one thing about this quarantine is that i've been able to go back and kind of relive so many things and the great thing about this quarantine too that's been going on is i've been able to catch up on a lot of wrestling documentaries that i never had a chance i always had them on my list but i hadn't had a chance to watch. Uh And one of them was, uh, 350 days, fantastic documentary, kind of about the history of the business and and what these, these old cats, these OGs, if you will, had to do to kind of pave the way. And another Uh thing was catching up on the first season of dark side of the ring, which was absolutely fantastic. And then we just dropped, uh, or just recently, uh, season two just started with that two part Uh Chris Benoit documentary. And I actually was very excited when, uh, we, I knew I was going to sit down with you today because I wanted to, because I know how much of an Eddie Guerrero fan you are, and <laughs> yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to know, did you see uh, the season premiere of uh, Dark Side of the Ring, the two-parter on Chris Benoit? Uh, yeah, I was
2: actually in it.
1: <laughs> you, I, okay, so that was my question. Yeah. <laughs> I, wa- I, I, I looked at it, I was like, okay, I know that's Decker. I know that's Tyson Dukes. I'm like, fuck, man, who is Chavo? I'm like, he looks so <laughs> goddamn familiar. So that was my question. Okay, so you playing Chavo... And then kind of seeing the whole product come to life, how was that mm-hmm. for you? How was that that experience to kind of step oh, into the, cool. the boots of Chavo Guerrero?
2: <laughs> yeah, that was cool. It was cool.
1: Um, I, I I went to theater school, so
2: I've done like, a lot of stuff of that nature. So getting there wasn't really like I, I, like some people just kind of get there and they're like, "Ooh, wow, production. That's neat. That's cool." I'm just for me, it was very much just like uh, I haven't done this in a while, um, but it was nice. Like. Uh, there was one specific moment that we were filming in a locker room and I was just kind of sitting there and uh, Benoit, well, Tyson and the guy who's playing Guerrero were kind of at uh, eye level and uh, there was smoke and you couldn't see much so all you could really make out was their types. So, like, even sitting there knowing that I'm making a show and, and these aren't the real people and I'm not the real person and uh, just in that moment I kind of, like, let myself be in that moment and it was almost like I was kind of in a locker room with Ben Juan Guerrero just for a second and that was pretty surreal um, and uh, yeah I, th- I think that was definitely the coolest part of filming uh, yeah seeing it come together was pretty good I mean I, I've already seen the show and I know the production is like really nice um, but I, I think this might be their best episode that they've put together um, I actually haven't seen the second part yet but uh, from from what I saw in the first one it's just so well done And, uh, I mean, even I learned stuff that I didn't know. And I feel like I thought I knew pretty much everything about what
1: was going on. So, it was pretty cool. Yeah, my wife and I, like, uh, we're huge wrestling fans. And we, when that whole thing happened, it was such a a painful, painful moment in the history of wrestling. But then, all the scrutiny that happened after. And when you haven't watched the second part, you know, go go back and watch it when you get the opportunity. And you see all the things that kind of happened just to the business as a whole. And then you kind of look at everything that shrouded um, Benoit's legacy. And the, the funny, th- not funny thing, but one of the surreal moments that uh, was at the very end when you saw Dean Malenko was talking and there was a picture of Eddie and Chris. And he said something along the lines of, I'm going to paraphrase, you know, one, one of these people has a legacy that will live on forever. And one has been completely erased from history. We talk about him, but when we do, there's always that morbid kind of eye on you. Like, I want to talk about him, but I don't. We don't want to get into all the negative uh-huh. stuff. But looking at all the things you saw in the first part, where is the camaraderie and how hard he took Eddie's death, uh-huh. going back and kind of you yourself reliving those moments and having to kind of play those parts, did it make you kind of even become more of a fan of maybe just Eddie or maybe Eddie and Chris – Business wise, of course, and realize mm-hmm. w- w- make you fall in love with them all over again as a fan, kind of reliving mm-hmm. those moments.
2: Um, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, watching it back, it definitely, um, yeah, it definitely added this like extra kind of emotional layer. Um, I knew, I knew Chris had taken it really badly when he died, but just hearing it from other people, with just how bad it was, just how like deep of a depression he went into. And uh, just how painful it was for him, like not just emotionally, but I imagine physically. When you're in that much pain, you're you just hurt all over. And to be able to still go to work and perform and be professional, um, I mean, it says a lot about Benoit's uh, character. And uh, it's just a shame that uh, he wasn't he wasn't able to open up as much as he probably should have. Um, I think. What ended up happening was avoidable, but uh, it would have taken a lot of a lot of work, not only on his part, but on his family's part, because, um, you know, in society, men aren't really encouraged to show emotion and to ask for help and, you know, do that kind of stuff. So for him to, you know, be in so much pain and privacy and then to be so professional and stone faced in public and at work. I think that if, I don't know, I, I I don't like to guess too much, but I think if, if, if he had been able to open up just a little bit more, people could have maybe, um, you know, maybe just stepped in and, and, and helped. Cause I know whenever I go through something where I feel like the world is kind of ending around me, um, the thing that always helps isn't really the thing you think is going to help. It's always something you don't really expect and it's always someone you don't really expect. Um, you know, and that, that's kind of why Holden Albright and I are so close. Because um, the last time that I was kind of in a deep depression, he was one of the people who kept who kept trying to, like, pull me out of my funk. Among, among other people, but he wasn't somebody who I expected, that's for sure. So, I just wish that, uh, I don't know, I guess Chris could have opened up a little more. Um, And then maybe, you know, somebody would have convinced him to take some time off or, yeah. But uh, what happened happened and, you know, you can't change that. So it's just a shame.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, no,
2: I definitely do respect. I mean, I'm I'm a a pretty big true crime geek. (laughs) So I look at it one way. I think I look at it in, like, the true crime kind of way. And then I look at it in another way where now that you're seeing the story and just how much pain he was in, um you you really do grow like a respect that just these two guys who just had this un un uh, unshakable love for one another. And uh it just sucks that one of them got taken away from the other. But uh, no, I definitely I definitely did gain a bit of respect. I mean, even more. I think Chris Benoit was probably one of the top five wrestlers to ever do it. So It's hard for me to gain more respect, but I suppose, um, yeah, I gained a little bit more.
1: Uh, Absolutely, and I agree with you. I think that documentary was done so well, and they told such a great story. They laid out the specifics, but they also let you, the fan, perceive it the way you want to perceive it. And I think that's one of the great things. It's one of the hardest things to do in documentary filmmaking. I went to film school, and uh, documentary filmmaking was one of my best, uh, one of my favorite classes. And I loved telling the stories. But you have to make sure you walk that line because you want to tell the story, but you also want to leave it up for interpretation. You want to say, listen, Mm -hmm. we're going to lay out all the information. We're going to lay out all the facts. But at the end of the day, it's for you to decide. And uh, I think it was very admirable, uh, everything you just said. And, And the fact that, you know, you mentioned how men aren't supposed to show these things but it's okay to talk about these things and and the people that you least expect are always there and in these uncertain times that we're experiencing now what we're doing right now you and i having this fantastic conversation you trusting me opening up to me i appreciate that and on behalf of me and all my faithful i want to say thank you for that because it's not an easy thing to do so kudos to you for for being honest like that it really it really tip of the hat to you man Uh, i respect you even more shit i was a fan But now I think I'm a super fan. I'm like a Flair's a geek now. This is crazy. We
2: need need more of those.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So let's talk about all the things that you miss right now. I mean, I I, I know you miss performing. I know you miss wrestling. I know you miss traveling with your friends and, and your connections that you've made and talking, wrestling, living the business. But what's one of the things that people might not expect El Diablo to miss that he misses the most out of everything we all know you miss? What's that one thing that you miss the absolute most above everything else? Uh, um, the most
2: not really expected. Um, it's a tough I question. mean, I miss going. I miss going to the uh, the flea market. <laughs> I really like the flea market. I, I even if I don't buy anything, I like uh, I like the environment. Um, I actually I I, I used to always buy. A guava smoothie, and then I'd walk around and then uh, shop for horror figures. So I guess that one is the that's what I most. It's kind of unexpected. <laughs> yeah. uh, or
1: you know what? Actually, probably movies. Oh, yes. Movie theaters. Yeah, movie yes. theaters. I really miss movie popcorn my daughter I like the other day popcorn, but
2: specifically movie popcorn.
1: My daughter the other day was like, "Can we order skip the dishes?" They they have the movie popcorn. I'm like, "We can't. It's closed right now. There's no there's, yeah. the movie popcorn is not available because there's nobody there to make it right now." Yep. But I tell you right, I told her. I said, "Once everything clears up and the world hopefully gets back to normal, we're going to literally live at the movie theater for a week. We're just going <laughs> to go we're going to go watch every single movie that's out. I don't even care if it's it's a horrible movie. We're going to go watch it cuz I just want to sit in those D-box seats again, and I want, to, I want to feel everything. I want to feel the electricity of all that stuff. So one other question I have, and then I think we'll wrap it up. Um, you posted on your Facebook, because we're friends on Facebook. Yes, El Diablo is a friend of mine on Facebook. You posted on your Facebook uh, any you know, up-and-coming talents that want me to look at their matches. I'd be more than happy yeah. to kind of break them down and let you know, you know a couple things, help out any way I can. Uh, I saw a lot of that. But when you did that, it kind of resonated a little bit more with me to think, man, here's this guy who's working just as hard as everybody else, but taking the time to sit there and say, hey, listen, you know what? Even though we can't look at each other's matches or watch each other's matches live, let's go back and break each other's stuff down and let's try to help each other through this time. And Uh I I think that's very admirable. So how many hits did you get on that? How many matches did you sit through? And how many, Uh I don't have to name names, but you know. Uh What was that like? Kind of getting all those clips here, watch this, watch that, and kind of going back and dissecting it all. Like, did that make you feel a sense of normalcy in this time?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say a sense of normality. Um, but I, I, I was definitely like pleased with whoever sent me a, a match. Um, it was mostly people who I expected to, but there were a few people kind of like totally, totally out of left field. So that was nice. Um, I, I just like I'm a big Believer in like uh, paying it forward, I guess. Like, ever um, you know, there was tons of people who helped me. There's tons of people who continue to help me, and uh, I guess the least I could do is help the guys that are coming after me. Um, it just in my head, it just makes sense. Um, it's something I like to do, even if you know we're not in a pandemic. Like, if you want to see matches, I'm I'm always down to watch them. Um, I, I don't always have the time, and I know other people don't always have the time. But, uh, yeah, I like it. I just, uh, I, I, I feel like I really, really enjoy teaching. Um, originally I had gone to school with the intention of becoming a teacher. Um, it's just something that I kind of fell out of love with, but not the teaching, just the school system. So, um, I mean, whenever I go train, I'm always quick to kind of help people out and do my best to teach them the stuff that I might be able to do properly. Um, yeah, I just I just really like teaching. So like if, whenever people send me matches, like I'll literally sit down, um, put it on my TV or my computer, take out my notes on my phone, and then just everything I think of, I'll write it down, write it down, write it down. Um, do my best to tell them what I thought they did well as well, and uh, I, I, like it's more than just saying, "Oh, you did this wrong," "Oh, you did this wrong," "Oh, this is awkward," "Oh, this is weird," "Why did you do this here?" It's more like this is weird, but this is how you could improve it. Or maybe you should have moved this to the end or maybe don't do that anymore or get your cardio up or, you know, jump higher or hit the gym or, you know, just something constructive so they actually take it and apply it. And then the next match they send me, hopefully they actually um, did, you know, at least one of the things. And if they didn't, then they're, they're just kind of sending me matches so that they, you know, I think that they care. It's just quick. It's easy to weed people out who don't really care, because they'll send you the same match over and over and over and over, and you're like, I don't get it. It's been a year, and you haven't taken anything that I have said. Whereas, you know, um, Chris, someone like Crystal Moon, who actually didn't send me a match, but she always asked me to watch her matches um, at Crossbody, she's someone who I can say, "Oh, you're uh, unfortunately you're not naturally as athletic, so you need to do more work in the gym." you know, doing these kind of stuff. Because if you want to continue wrestling this kind of style, you have to make it look more aggressive. So she immediately, like, is like, okay, I'll go do what you told me in the gym, and then the next time, it looks better. Or I'll stop doing the things that look weird, and I'll start doing the things that I do well. You know what I mean? Like, as long as people are actually, like, listening, and not just, like, looking at me and nodding and, you know, blank stares, then I'm more than happy to to help anybody out, like, it just makes sense to help one another.
1: Absolutely, and, and these, in these uncertain times, as we're living through now, uh, we've seen bright spots in humanity, like uh, Dyson vacuums, literally making 15,000 ventilators in one day to kind of help keep the uh-huh. stimulus growing, to we've seen the negative of a woman carrying out 19 cases of water from a Walmart in Kentucky and selling yeah. the bottles for $3.50. So yeah, we've, seen, we've seen a lot of the negative, and a lot of the positive. But what I want to say is that at least here at home, right now in Canada, I feel we're one of the countries doing everything right. It's hard, uh-huh. it's difficult, it's scary. I mean, I got two small children, and my daughter, my 10-year-old, doesn't understand why she can't go to school. I mean, she understands, but she misses her friends. And she misses the interaction. She misses the social interaction. So she doesn't understand why her grandparents can't come over, or why we can't go over there. And it's hard to explain uh-huh. it, but at the end of the day, I think we're one of the countries that are doing it right, doing it safely, and not being complete another assholes. Then, of course, you got the U.S. with their president who's got his head up his ass, saying he's going to reopen all the borders on Monday. Yep. It's just it's it blows my mind to see the one side and the other. And I'm not a just a Trudeau fan at all, and I don't want to uh-huh. get into politics. But I have to say kudos to our leadership and everything you're doing because I think they're doing it right. Yes, the economy is going to be crazy. Gas prices are going to shoot through the roof. People are deferring their Uh mortgages. I did it. I'll be honest. I deferred mine for a couple months just to help the situation out. It is what it is. Uh These times are uncertain. But if humanity works together, we can do miraculous things when we're all on the same path. And I think Uh what you highlighted there, paying it forward, that is the best piece of advice I could have heard all day. And from one of the people I consider to be the future of this business. So and that's not me kissing your ass that's me being honest i cannot wait to see you in the ring again so let's talk distant future let's talk a month from now two months from now hopefully the world gets back did you have any bookings coming up in may june that we're still kind of on the fence about because we don't know where things are going to be or were you booked out that far do you have any plans for where you want to go next do we know about a, a rebook for the Crossbody or destiny shows that got postponed yet any any information that you could share
2: I have no idea. <laughs> I I had an extremely busy May, and those shows have been dropping like flies, including one that I was extremely excited about. Um, so excited about that I can't even say what it was. Um, but hopefully that one will get uh, postponed. I guess or rebooked sometime in the summer. Um, but uh, we'll see. I mean, for the for the future, like I don't even know. Like I'm just gonna. Wait, I guess, and uh, try not to think about it too much, because if uh, if I start thinking about it, then I'm going to start getting antsy. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, today was supposed to be the the crossbody show. And, uh, yeah, who knows? Like, we we might be in this thing for, I mean, three more months, four more months, five more months, six more months. Like, I've been reading all these kind of stuff, so I don't even want to think about it. Like, the thought of not wrestling for six more months gives me major anxiety so like I
1: don't know I'm just I'm just gonna have to start wrestling my dad or something take it day by day that's all we can do is just take it day by day well El Diablo Gabriel Fers it was such a pleasure to have you back on the show again as I all as I mentioned in the first episode that we did you know you're part of the family I don't gotta tell you anytime you wanna come back and do it again I would absolutely love to have you As always, this was a kick-ass conversation. And I know when this one drops, you'll be more pleased with the audio than you were on the first one. Yes, I'll let everybody know, Gabriel liked the first, he loved the first interview. He thinks, you know, the host does his job very well. But he was a little bit upset with the audio. And now we're going to get that cleared up because I got better equipment. And this interview is going to be crystal clear. And you're going to be really, really proud of this one. 100% for sure. Awesome. I'm excited. Perfect. And as always, guys, if you want to reach out to him, For t-shirts, autograph photos, I'm sure he's doing all that. I know some of his compadres are doing that too. I have both Mm -hmm. a photo and a t-shirt. I supported well before the uh, (laughs) COVID-19 crisis kind of took over. But I've been helping out where I can, buying more autographs, t-shirts. I'm waiting on my t-shirt from Sabotage. They mailed it out to me, so it should be coming soon. And that's all we could do in this uncertain time. If you do have a little bit of spare cash, try to throw it these guys' ways because they entertained us for so many months, so many years. It's the least we could do as fans is to give a little back.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate
1: it. All right, no problem. You enjoy the rest of your Saturday. You take care. And I'm hoping, May, you're going to text me because the world's going to be back to normal. I'm I'm hoping one, (laughs) two more months. And you're going to let me know that show that you were really excited about is still on. And I'm going to (laughs) come out and I'm going to see you. 100% for sure. Awesome. All right, right, my friend. You take care. Enjoy your Saturday, okay? You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, guys, what can I say, man? That was El Diablo Gabriel Fuerza, an absolute amazing talent, a genuinely great human being. And that was another great kick-ass conversation. And it's days like this that help everything that's going on in the world right now. At this moment on March 28th, like I said, this episode will drop much later in the distant future. That was a great conversation. And for 40 minutes, all I thought about was a sport I love so much and the sport that I've been proud to bring and highlight to you in my own special way for the last two years as always i am your host your boy george Bukai. thank you so much for listening don't forget to tune in next week as hell or high water i'm going to be dropping episodes as frequently as i can i'm still going week to week and i'm hoping by the time this one drops the trend will continue as always peace love and wrestling and i will see you guys next week peace Thank you for
2: listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com.